Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Not Not Down. Yes, welcome back and happy 2023. We're kicking the year off strong. Yeah, this is crazy. It's been a while since both of us have talked to all of you. Our episode six was at late fall in October time, but we're here now in beautiful January 2023. A lot has happened in between in both of our lives that we haven't been able to record an episode, but in a good way. Like that's that's what life is and we're here now. So it's exciting. How how are you doing, Karthik? We haven't chatted in a second either. How are yeah, you doing? It, it's been a while. It's definitely been busy for both of us. Lots of changes, adventures, new friends and old friends. Everything happened, right? But I've been great, honestly. I, I've been going through this whole you know, interview process for residencies and everything. And Obviously, that's that's its whole uh, other. Uh, it's a whole process, but I enjoyed the going through it, and it really teaches you a lot about yourself and and makes you do a lot of self reflection. So I I really think that it was a valuable experience. Yeah, and you just told me you, I mean, congratulations first off. Like it's not easy, and every med student that I've talked to that's in their fourth year or last year going through this process talks about how I mean hard and exciting it is, but it's just like such a culminating experience but you had your last interview and it was with UW like literally yesterday was it how did that go how was the how was that interview how was the process in general yeah it was amazing so I I finished up my last interview yesterday as you mentioned yes and it's almost a surreal feeling it's it's like one of those moments after you graduate or something where everything's the same but it's supposed to feel different and it's just it feels like an end of an era, you know, the it, the chapter is finally closing. And so I think it'll take some time for that to really sink in. But I can't believe that these are going to be my last few months in medical school. You you go through this process your whole life, right? You keep thinking, I'm going to get that MD. I'm going to become a doctor. That's that's how it's going to be for me. And then you're you're finally reaching that point. And it's almost you don't even believe that you're almost there, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's crazy because it's like, you're right. Like you go through this process and for you, it's not just these four years, right? Of medical school, because you knew like in high school, like, I mean, from any, any point of time that I can remember what you wanted to do, you've always said medical. Like, I know you've explored other professions potentially, but you've always said medical and you applied into this, like this combined program. And so you knew going into undergrad, so pretty much in senior year, that this was going to be your life, right? Like, Pretty much eight years later, you're here. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a formative eight years too. You know, it's it's your late teens and early twenties. I feel like that's where a lot of people define who they are and think about what they want to make of themselves, their personality, their life, the people around them, right? And so it it really does shape you thinking of it from the beginning itself. You're going to be within this profession, and obviously, I think that medicine is its own kind of beast, right? It, it, feels very different from going into a corporate job, whether that would be in engineering or sales or tech or whatever it might be, right? It, it feels like its own separate profession. Maybe that's a little bit of hubris talking, but it does feel very different, at least within the field. I think that is the perception that it's its own unique thing that is not just skill-based, but also, you know, emotional-based. Right, right, right. So what did you think of the interviews overall? Was it what you wanted it to do, what it wanted it to be? What, what was your favorite part of the interviews? So far, the interviews, I think, honestly, my favorite part was that it forced me to really take a look at myself, do that self-reflection 
that it, it teaches you a lot about what you value, right? It's not only that you are being interviewed by them and you have to come up with interview answers, right? But it's also that you have to think about what questions am I going to ask this program? I have to interview them as well. I have to figure out what is truly important when I'm looking at programs. Is it, mm -hmm. is it the technology? Is it the type of the hospital? Is it the people that are around me, right? And where do all of these factors balance? Is it the work-life balance? And it's, it's something that I think as medical students, you don't necessarily think about a lot because you're just kind of absorbed into the, the schedule that's put out for you, right? Oh, go study, go take this test, go to this rotation, right? Everything is kind of there for you and you just have to go through the steps and do your best in each step. And this is that, that period of freedom where all of these avenues open up and you don't, you, you're just not used to it, right? You're used to knowing exactly what you have to do at every minute. Yeah, 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 that's fair. That's fair. That makes sense. So, so with your last interview wrapped up, what is again asked yesterday, and it's with again full circle with University of Washington, which we grew up going to, like the library and stuff for field trips and things like that. That's again crazy that that was your last interview. But what is next after this? So you're done at this point, but the process, I mean, really only starts. How does how does how does it work when you find out and stuff like that beyond this? Yeah, so it's definitely a very obscure process, but basically we applied back in the fall, did all of our interviews over the past two or three months. And then yeah. now there is a period in February where you get to create what's called a rank list, where it's exactly what it sounds like. You rank all of the programs based on how much you want to go to each program, right? And the, the program itself will do this for all the applicants that they interviewed. And then you go through a process called the residency match, which is basically just a computer program. And so you, you submit all of your ranks by the end of February. It's about two weeks where the computer program goes through all of it. And then you end up finding out every person in the nation for most faculties will find out on March 17th this year where they're going to go mm. for it. Damn, that's like literally less than two months from now. That's insane. I honestly try not to think about it, like just take it one step at a time, you know? Yeah, Once for sure. Once rolls around, I would say to me, and I think to most medical students, it's yeah. more important than your graduation. That is the day that you feel like you've, you've transitioned out of medical school and you've moved on to the next step in your life. Because you have, you have the next step in your life. But my understanding is like you give the ranks, but once that choice is made, it's really, it's like pretty much impossible for you to change it. Like there is no changing, right? There is no changing. It's, it's very frowned upon. I suppose you could, but I would not recommend it. So you should put in all the forethought and the planning before so that whatever you end up with within your rank list, you should be happy with that, right? Yeah. So, so don't go through this process confused, right? That, that would be one of the biggest mistakes ever. If you're not ready, then take the time to figure out what it is that you're not ready about and then do it when you're ready, right? Because this is a one final decision type process. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's that sound that makes sense and that sounds pretty pretty scary. But good luck, man. Good luck. That's be that's be fun. I feel like I'm getting married, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you I mean you already married your you've been dating your profession for like eight years now. So yeah, I feel like at this point marriage is marriage is a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Uh, and just like marriage, you you make one choice and you stick with it forever. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean Divorce is a thing, but I think, I, I don't think that's possible here. I think from what you said, it's frowned upon. So yeah, yeah. can't do it. <laughs>
Oh, no, but it, it feels great, man. It feels freeing. And I'm sure that by the end of match, I'm, I'm pretty confident, like most people do end up at a place that that was right for them, whether they knew it at the moment or not, right? That's a story yeah. that I've heard from pretty much every resident. Right. And so I'm, I'm confident that it's going to go well either way for, for most people around the country. That's amazing. Nice, man. Good luck. That's, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And Hari. I think definitely you've had some big changes too in your life. So tell us about all the adventures that you've had in the past few months and what brought you to now. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, it's been, it's been a kind of crazy journey. Last we talked was October, right? I mean, in version of this podcast and like being here and talking to, of course, all of you who are listening today. And I had been talking about how much I had enjoyed visiting New York, right? Because it was right after the birthday weekend in Miami with a bunch of our friends and then came to New York. And then I literally came back to New York the following weekend because there was just so much happening. And essentially, I, I don't recall exactly what, what I had said or what I'd committed to at that point, but is it, I had come back from New York back to Seattle and I was like, damn, I need to be in New York. Like there was just something. It was just like, I need to be here. I need to like, I need to make the move. And I had previously for anybody who didn't know, I had previously lived in New York from October 2020 till September 2021, and then had moved back to Seattle to be with my family. My grandma was at home from India, and she was living with us, and so wanted to spend more time there. And that's kind of what 2022 was, was living in Seattle, and then, of course, nomading, as many of you know. But again, I realized after kind of shifting around and wanting to think about what was next, I was like, yeah, New York is the place to be. And so literally once I got back, I committed to moving to New York. I did not have a plan as much as I just booked an Airbnb for a month in Kipps Bay, which is kind of like around like it was like Lexington and 30th, which is like kind of like Midtown kind of the area close to like K-Town, if you guys are familiar in New York City. And I just booked it for a month, literally just like spontaneous booked it. It was like two weeks out. I think it was like October 20th or 19th or 20th that I booked it. And I was like, I'm good, just going to do it. And literally moved out November 1st. And in between that, I also went to two of my close friends' wedding. They got married to each other, Derek and Prava, in beautiful Cabo, Mexico, which is honestly an insane experience. I know, Karthik, you went to an awesome wedding again of one of two of your close friends as well which I think is warrants it's pretty much its own episode at some point in time. So hopefully the next episode or the episode after that, we'll talk about that there. But did that and pretty much came back to Seattle, got my stuff and moved to New York starting pretty much, I think it was November 3rd. I was, and I've been here since, of course, I mean, I went home for the holidays and stuff, but just sent it. Again, did not have a plan. All I knew was that hey, New York is a beautiful city. I have a great time living in New York, even just by myself. And just doing my things like, I mean, the regular of like sitting here working, going to coffee shops, going to like going out, but also just like going to the gym, doing my regular things. But also I knew there were a lot of friends here, like close friends, right? And also friends from high school, friends from college, but also other friends I made over time, just kind of in life that now all just happen to live in New York all at the same time. And so made it out here subleased in December. And then now in a more longer term sublease from the start of January till the end of March. So here perpetually haven't signed like a year long lease yet. Probably not going to for a while. But I think part of the process was wanting to be in New York, spend more time in New York. And I think I'll still continue to hop around. But New York kind of will be a place of permanence for me moving forward. I just think it's been great. But 
yeah, man. I mean, it's been an amazing, it's been amazing. I think being in New York, I moved here specifically again for myself and the city, but also for the people. And mm. it's been incredible to reconnect with friends, to be with my friends who I consider like who I've known before, but also making so many new friends. And I think that's what's special about New York is that everyone's very open, everyone's very welcoming, and everyone's like just down and e like eager to make new friends and try new experiences. And that's been that's been pretty incredible. And so that's yeah. been my three three months so far here. Wow, all summed into a couple of minutes, huh? I guess. Yeah. How did you feel when you were moving to New York? Did it feel like you were going through another one of your no batting trips? Or did you feel like, oh, this is the next step in my life. This is where I'm going to be. I know that this is the place. Yeah, it was definitely not a nomading trip because like, I mean, I literally booked a place for a month. Right. And I had an in none of my nomads. I had booked like I'd stayed like maybe a week, two weeks stops. I think the longest I'd stayed in any one of my quote unquote nomad trips was actually with you in Miami when I came for your birthday and then stayed the fall weekend. And it was like pretty much like at that point, what was that? A week and a half pretty much. Yeah, right? week and a half. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that was like the longest quote unquote nomad trip in some regard. But dude, this was definitely like a this is the next step. So much so, I definitely got scared. Like I literally yeah. kind of got like cold feet. Literally the day before the flight or the day of the flight, I was like, shit, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm literally leaving this new life that I built for myself in Seattle. Not just, I mean, I enjoyed it and I made, started making a lot of friends and I started to get, and get into a routine in Seattle. But I was like, yeah, dude, I'm about to make this leap here. And it was scary. It's definitely scary. And it was like, I realized like, I mean, I booked an Airbnb for myself. It was a small studio. I was, this is my first time, honestly, truly living by myself. Right. Like that was also yeah. like, I realized like before, I mean, since college, I mean, even most of my life, like I lived at home with family. I lived in college with roommates. I mean, I had a single for many years in college, but still you're in a community. Even after college, I lived with my close friend from college in Babson in SF and then New York. So always had a roommate. Now I was like, oh, also I'm like planning to just like live by myself and ideally living in a studio or like by myself moving forward here. Again, it was just like, dude. What am I doing? And it's such a big move. It's a new city. Uh, it's not like I've moved here for work. So there isn't like a, I need to be here. It's like I'm choosing to be here. So it's like, is this the right choice? Is it the right move to make? Honestly, like, don't regret it. Like, it was, I think, this past weekend that I was like, okay, I feel very settled in. And I'm like, glad I'm here. And I can see myself being in New York longer term at this point. Wow. So, so you yeah. think it takes a, about two, three months to really get an idea of what your patterns of life are going to be what your routines are, who the people around you are going to be, the character of your community and your neighborhood, right? Is that about accurate? Yeah, I would think so. And I think it's like, I, I'm definitely a product of my environment. And what I mean by that, I think many of us are, right? It's like the environment that you surround yourself with, either the place you're living, the, the things you're doing, the people you're spending time with. I've gotten into like, really like have thankful to make really good friendships just especially new friendships right in new york which have been amazing right but also it's like now i'm in a place like in an apartment now where i'm going to be for until at least the end of march right uh, and then kind of like this this area i'm in near east village i'm more like off of that city if people are familiar but i mean like east village which is super residential which i really enjoy living here and so I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can do this. This is, this is part of the process. My gym is about 10 minute walk away. 
grocery stores around the corner. There's a 24 seven bodega. If I ever need food, like after my late night working sessions at 4 a.m., if I need snacks, I can go down. It's always open, but it's this like family run shop. And it's like beautiful, like family there who are just like super kind, super helpful, know me by name now. And it's just like very New York vibes, like just like really, really been a part of it, really embraced it. And I, I honestly, I think also I compared to like Miami, where mm-hmm. Miami was the only other place where I'm like, dude, I love Miami. Right. And you know this. And I've always been saying, like, you, I think you were joking about this when I was like, we, we had come to New York together and said, Hey, like, I'm going to move to New York. Like, I literally a few days <laughs> in, I was like, dude, I'm moving back to New York. And you were like, this is such a joke. You've been saying you're going to move to Miami for a year and a half now and you still haven't done it. But then I did move the, made the move to New York in like less than two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Right. I was honestly very blown away. I was like, I can't believe this man just took the leap of faith. But, I mean, I'm glad that you did and it worked out really well for you. I think it definitely helps that you're already familiar with the place, right? That that it helps you get a sense of, okay, I can see, I can see my life. You have to visualize it before you go to some place to be really confident in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's a, it's, it's that and it's like making sure you like thrive here, right? Which I fortunate to, I believe, continue to thrive. Need to grow and learn. But I think as a part of that as well, one of the other kind of elements that I think really pushes me is really the essence that there's just so much opportunity here. So like from a social perspective, like one thing that I'm super excited about that's actually happening this Friday is a friend of mine, her name is Navina. She actually, she actually lives like her family or like our family currently lives and where she grew up is two, two doors down from my, where my parents currently live. Like I didn't grow up there. But like, we hadn't known each other. We known of each other in Seattle, but like we became really good friends. She's like an older sister to me here in, here in New York, right? She's Thumble and of course I'm Thumble as well. And so we're hosting like a Thumble meetup here in New York. And we were, we like, we're like planning to either host on my apartment or rent out a bar or something on like a private room. And we were expecting maybe like 30, 40 people, like that'd be a good turnout. And so we started sending out the invite. We started sending out the invite last, I think it was Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And we got like 30 people within the day, but now we're sitting at about 130 people said going and about 70 people said maybe, right? And just knowing New York, a lot of people, people who say they're going are actually going, right? Like yeah. they commit to things. Even the people who say maybe they mostly will show up like ma- many times, more times than not. And they always bring friends. So we're about to have like a pretty packed event. We rented yeah. out. We rented out like a small, like private room. It's like a kind of penthouse style in this bar. It's 90% capacity, but I just talked to the bar manager and I was like, yo, like this is the situation. And he's like, oh, I can rope off like the backside of the main bar for you guys too. So I don't know. It's about to be a double takeover on Friday night. I'm excited for that. (laughs) It's going to be fun. So again, like you can't do that in many other cities, right? Like not, not many other cities have won the density. And like people are willing to willing to like come to new things, right? Like, yeah, who, like who are Navina and I? Like, yeah, we knew a bunch of friends, and these people probably got invites through friends, but now it's probably friends of friends of friends, right? That are coming yeah. to this event. And so, like, the fact that there's people are just down that's like super awesome about New York. Yeah, people are willing to try new things. And I think that that is kind of a character that sets it apart from other cities. I definitely felt that that buzz when I was there, right? That everyone is yeah. ready to get out and do something that everyone in this city, no matter their age, their culture, their background, everyone has a mission, right? And the thing is, they're not just 
focused on that mission. Like, yes, during your day, during your career, job, whatever, yes, you're hyper-focused, but they're also focused on making the most of their time there, right? No one goes to New York to sit around. That's the thing, right? And even the people who, who grew up there, I imagine most of them grow up with that personality as well of, like you said, if I say I'm going, I'm going. That's definitely not what happens in Miami. And yeah. are people yeah. willing to go for friends of friends of friends? That's not what happens in Seattle, right? Yeah. So yeah. it just it sets a unique character of the city and of the people. And it's really a product of the the excitement and the idea of New York, right? Yeah. New York yeah. would not be what it is without people moving there with the idea of making it in New York. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair. And I think that's, yeah. That that's what made New York, and that's what continues to make New York special. Right. So we're here. We're here now, and like, I don't know. Let's see. I mean, I think our well. I mean, of course, our next podcast is going to be after this event, so we'll have a debrief of how this event goes, and hopefully, it's a success. But I mean, it, it would be a success even with like thirty people. So more people coming, it's just great. Like building the community, and our goal is to hopefully host more of this. And again, only possible because of New York. Only possible because of New York. Wow. Wow, yeah. dude, this is going to be the second generation, you know, of Indian meetups. I feel like all the, the major Indian meetups before that I've seen were all like these organized by the, the first generation, like the actual yeah, yeah. from India. And they have these super cultural events. And yeah. it's all the reason that you would go and meet up with these people. So this just feels like a, a different generation of the event in general. So if you yeah, exactly. doing it pretty consistently, that would be really cool to see. Yeah, and it's like it's like kind of like I mean, there's thumble sangams and stuff. That's what they call the thumble associations, mm -hmm. right? That's a new age one. That's that's the way I, I want to think about it. Hopefully, hopefully, it becomes something, and hopefully, like more people do it too. That'd be fun. Like this is very much inspired by this like Telugu event that a few of our friends here hosted in mid November, and that was an awesome success. And we're like, why can't we do this for the thumble community as well? So they're definitely the trailblazers. So credit credit goes to them for sure. Sure. Yeah. Credit to you guys for making this happen, for putting it together. I feel like you need some impetus, right? You need some person to push the, the bar forward. And you guys, yeah. do. credit yeah. to you guys for that, for sure. Appreciate it, man. But yeah. So hopefully we'll see how it goes and we'll, we'll share, we'll share, share the videos and photos from it on my Instagram. So if you're not following me yet, follow me and of course, follow Karthik too. And <laughs> uh, yeah, you can, you can stay. And if you're in New York and if you have friends in New York or Thumbel or just are Indian or even not Indian, like, tell them to come through. Yeah. yeah, if you just want to understand what it, what Tamil people are like in this new generation, I think it's a great opportunity. I wish I had the opportunity to go up there. I'm uh, unfortunately busy that weekend, but I would have loved to come there and meet all of these super unique and talented young people within our community. So I love, but yeah. So actually, I wanted to ask you, we were actually a part for our New Year's. I ended up coming up home yeah. to Seattle and you, as soon as I arrived, got on the plane and left Seattle. Yeah. Well, no, technically you were supposed to come earlier. You got stuck. Like, what was it? Three days trying to fly to Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It was that horrible cold snap. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing about it, but it was, it was ridiculous. I tried to get from Miami to Seattle with four canceled flights in a row, spent a whole day stuck in the Dallas Fort Worth airport. It was just cancellation after cancellation because for some reason they decided to like not properly prepare the, the Seattle, the SeaTac runway. And so no flights were coming to Seattle. Portland airport was completely shut down. So I was like, I can't even go there and drive up home. Yeah. So yeah. There, there was just literally no way to get there. So I ended up coming. I flew back on Christmas Day, okay. uh, which uh, luckily for us, Christmas isn't like the biggest deal, but it was still kind of annoying, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. And I was flying out Christmas Day. There. Yeah. 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 Which is the hard part. Yeah. And and I was supposed to host a holiday party as well on that Friday the 23rd, which you were going to fly right in for. Which exactly. you couldn't. But it also happened that we canceled it because Seattle just can't handle snow, any yeah. form of snow. And it didn't even snow a lot. It was literally just snowed a little bit. There was a bit of ice. There wasn't, there wasn't enough snow to make snowmen. There was not enough snow to go sledding. Nothing. It was literally nothing. And the whole city shut down. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous. For, I, I can't even blame this on climate change or severe weather. Like, this was just Seattle not doing it right. Yeah. Just nothing. Yeah. But we're here now. But yeah, New Year's, right? So I went to San Francisco for on Christmas Day. I was in San Francisco pretty much the whole week. I didn't spend New Year's in San Francisco. I was there one. It was like my friend Adersh's birthday on the 26th, who you also met in Miami, right? When he came for my birthday weekend. So we celebrated his birthday on the 26th in San Francisco with a bunch of friends who also were there and flew out for it and then spent the week in SF. And that was the first time I'd been back in SF since I'd moved out of SF before COVID, right? Like I'd wasn't SF, then quarantine, then COVID hit, quarantined in Seattle. So that's the first time I'd been back. SF is dead. Do not move to SF. Do not go back to really? SF. It's just like, I mean, dead. this is a hot take. Where is this coming from? No, dude, SF is just like not that great of a city. And it's like not back. Like it is not really? back. At least it wasn't back then. It's just like, there's just so much wrong with it. There's so much like, and like, there's just like the homelessness is, is an issue and every like major city has homelessness, but they're not like they're not doing anything to help the homeless people at all. Right. Like it's yeah. cold, it's raining. There's like they're out and I just feel so bad for them. Right. And it's just like there's it's not clean and like nothing's happening. Construct there's no new construction. Like they should just be managing it better, right? Like they should just be yeah. handling a lot better than they could. And instead of being the capital of like tech right in some regard it's just like dude what is happening but there we go that's not the point of this but essentially like sf spent the week there and then on 31st day flew back to new york city came back to new york because we did new year's eve here because a few friends they hosted a new year's eve like event where they rented out a private room in a bar in lower east side with an open bar and it was about like i think 80 people and so i was coming to that bunch of all of my New York friends came to that. That was a blast. So I had the opportunity. I just moved into my apartment, got it all set up, the pregame here at my apartment. And the bar was about 15 minutes walk away or about a five-minute Uber. So we then hopped in the Uber, got there. Honestly, enjoyed the night. It was great. Don't remember the countdown because so much was going on all at the <laughs> same time. But it was just like a blast. And then made it back home and... Honestly, took that weekend easy because we'd just been traveling for a while. But like that was New Year's Eve. Oh my God, it was absurd. That wow. was insane. Yeah. So your welcome party, welcome to New York. Yeah, welcome to New York in 2023. It was it was absurd. Yeah. yeah. How was your How was your New Year's in Seattle? It was definitely a very different New Year's, but I think it's exactly what I needed because I I wanted to go back and reconnect with family. It had been ages since I had been back, and obviously during that. Last few months of the year, I've been traveling all over the place, you know, and I don't know how you did this nomading for so long, man, but it's it's so like lonely to go into a new city, know that you're only there temporarily, still have a lot of stuff to do. And so you're like filled with work, filled with ambition, but there's just not the right community around you. You don't have the time to build it because you, you're leaving anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I definitely felt 
definitely like it affects your mood, your entire sense of being to be alone that long and just travel around, no matter how amazing the people at the hospital were. They, they helped me feel at home. They invited me to events and things, but it just doesn't feel the same. And so I really, really want to have some time at home, you know, and, and I, yeah. I got that exactly. So I was able to go back. Luckily, I was I still had a week even after that whole fiasco with the airplanes. But I was able to go back and we had a beautiful time with my family. We went down to Leavenworth. I don't know if anyone not from Seattle, you're probably not familiar, but it's this really cute little German town type area. Two hours past the mountains, you go a little bit east into Washington with some amazing skiing. So we did some snowmobiling out there, actually. Somehow got my mom onto a snowmobile, even though she she is not a risk taker, but I got her to get on I the believe snowmobile it. and we, we had a great time there out in the... How did you do that? That's crazy. Well, I had, we had been before, but she didn't okay. go that time. And so I told her it was, it was just like getting on an auto in India. I told her it was, <laughs> it was just as bumpy, just as, you know, close to the edge of the, the road in the mountains. That's <laughs> was, awesome. That's that. awesome. <laughs> yeah. You can get on a snowmobile. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And so, yeah, I got to spend some great time there and reconnect, of course, with one of our very, very good friends, Gotham. And so I was able to check out his place and I, I spent New Year's with him. It was actually it was a it was a very Seattle story of how our how our New Year's evening went. So we, we end up meeting up in the afternoon. We go to Ballard, which is kind of the brewery hips hip kind of district in Seattle. Yeah. And that, one thing I will say about Seattle is. They really know how to make good beer. I have never been to a place with better breweries than Ballard. It was mind-blowingly good. It's uh, very, very good out there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Even better than, than Dallas, I think, which is, I think, controversial. But I liked it. And so we went around there and just kind of came back, chilled at home for a little bit and tried to figure out where we were going. You know, there's always these different plans that are happening. Oh, there's a bunch of people meeting at a house over here. Oh, there's a bunch of people who want to go to like this other random bar and like have New Year's there, right? But we decided, we were like, you know what? This feels like the end of an era of us being in Seattle. I'm leaving med school and doing something else. He might move out of Seattle soon to be determined. But we told ourselves, no, you know what? We need to have the most classic, beautiful Seattle night we can. We can't get bogged down in all of these other people's plans. We need to make sure that we are having the the optimal experience and so we went out by ourselves at the end of all of that we went just the two of us but you know what with a good friend two people is enough you know what i mean we went out went to some really interesting clubs and everything in the in the area and so that was nice. a great time as well rounded out the night very nicely that's sweet that's sweet that's sweet that's sweet yeah i feel like i talked to a few other friends who did new year's in seattle as well and they're like yeah they just had a very seattle experience stayed in and then went out, did the Seattle stuff. They went to Unicorn and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, it, it is a vibe. It is a vibe. I think Seattle is great when you're with people that you enjoy spending time with and you love, right? Of course, it's hard when you're not. <laughs> but yeah. when you are with great people, it's a great time. It's a great experience. There's a lot to do in Seattle. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. a city where you need to know the right people. And I mean, I think a lot of people have trouble making friends in Seattle because of the culture and everything, but that's its yeah. own whole issue. But I think when you have the right people around you, it's, it's the best place to be. One of the best places to be. Yeah, right. right, exactly. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So that's, for both of us, that's amazing ways to kick off the year, right? And so we just caught up a lot about 
everything that's happened in the past few months and what happened New Year's. But the main topic of this episode, right, was meant to be, of course, kick off this beautiful new year of 2023 with both of us and, of course, with the podcast as well. And so what we were thinking was to go through and do a set of like our own personal reflections of how what 2022 was and then really look forward to what is ahead of us in 2023 and just share. Right. And so with that, do you want to jump in and share what what is what are your reflections of your past year 2022 i know we kind of got into that as we were telling our each other's stories but what's kind of been big and top of mind for you so far yeah yeah i think we we got into a little bit and i think we find a lot of parallels in our lives it's it's kind of exactly the way that we we formed this podcast right we realized that no matter what random experience we did we ended up figuring out and learning very very similar things along the way and it, it's just kind of mind-blowing always to me how parallel our lives end up being in that sense. And so we learned a lot of similar things in 2023. I think one, or in 2022, I think one really important thing was on that same topic of being able to reconnect with old people or old friends and making new friends, right? I think it's very important to, to be able to be comfortable when you're going to someplace new. I talked a little bit about the loneliness that you can experience and all of this traveling and things. But and I think what kept me going at the end of the day was knowing that I had people around me that I could connect with in whatever way through the phone, through FaceTime or, you know, I had a couple friends in some of these cities. So that was nice. I got to see you in New York, for example. And so it, it definitely made a big difference that having a few people around you that you can depend on, that you can truly go to with anything is what's going to get you through those hard times in life, right? I think that I had a lot of a lot of support and community that was consistent for me for a long time in my, my life, whether I was in Seattle and I had family and, you know, everyone you grew up with, or whether I was in Miami and I found friends very quickly here because I had amazing, really friendly people who were around me. And of course, the college environment facilitates that as well. Staying here for med school, a lot of my friends ended up staying as well. And so this was one of those first times in my life where I had to go and figure out what it is like to be on your own and mm-hmm. keeping those real friendships, those true people that are there to to support you is is it, it critical, truly critical. And I didn't realize the importance of it until this year, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think it's like in in a very similar way, right? Like friendships are everything and people are everything and being the type of people we are like we are driven and we get energy from that right exactly what well, well, is there a specific experience that really defined that for you or really made that made that clear for you this past year yeah i think of all those times i think what made it the most clear was cleveland cleveland was the loneliest city for me because i didn't know anyone in cleveland at all like at least at in in nashville i knew a few couple people around there that were from nashville went to um and then came back and and i found a really great community of of people that i ended up meeting here and there right a couple different roommates i lived with for whatever i i needed to find a good housing situation but right. cleveland was different because I felt like I was just doing my own thing every single day. It was also a very busy period where I had tons of work, not just from my clinical responsibilities, but that's when I had to finish out my applications, finish up some research. And so it was just a very, very busy time in an unknown city. And the only way that I could really get through my days, honestly, was was talking to people. Like I remember I would call you a good amount of times. I would be on Mm -hmm. the phone with my girlfriend as well for 
many times. And that w- that having that routine there was the only thing that kept me getting up in the morning, going there with the right attitude and being the, the, the person I want to be for my patients and for my coworkers, right? I really pride myself on being that person that can, that can, you know, center someone else, that be there to, to listen to them, to take whatever is going on. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I went to oncology in the first place, right? Because I love doing that and I love being good at it. But if you don't have your own things sorted out, there's no way that you can do that, right? And so I, right. I really saw that challenge and experienced it truly for the first time. Right, right, right. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. And that that makes a lot of sense. And I think, that, yeah, that's part of the process, right? Like, I think we, as I reflect, like COVID put us in this situation where we were quarantining stuck alone, but it was like, oh, this is like an external factor and external thing that keeps us there. But now it's like, yeah, even with the world effectively reopened, we, we have those experiences, we have those environments, but it's like growth for us and being adults for us is like embracing that and kind of getting getting an understanding of how all that kind of plays out there. Yeah, I, I would say so, like going to my reflection, right, related to that and kind of the things we've talked about, again, is like we had very similar learnings. Is like similarly like friendships. I Like this year has just been so in a good way, people oriented, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like, you initially were like, oh, you did a lot of traveling this year. And it's like, true, objectively, like physically, I traveled a lot, like, Physically, sure. I was in a lot of different cities. Like I made like a bucket list, right? Which I have somewhere here on the side of my notes. Yeah, it's about like 17, 18 different cities that I visited wow. this year alone, which is great. And I'm very grateful to have visited so many cities and have had the opportunity to do so, right? And the time and flexibility professionally, right? With my job and things like that. But point being, all of that was with friends. Either that it was with friends to visit friends, Right. I came to Miami a few times to see you and also one time for work, but we saw you in general, right? Yeah. Um, and stayed with you, right? Of course. And of course, two marriages that I had an opportunity to attend in Mexico. It's just like always with friends. And it's like so powerful. Like, I think like right after college, 2019, spending in SF. And I think that was like hard, but it was just like the transition to adult life was hard in general. So I don't count that when I was kind of hitting the groove of like really starting to kind of understand myself as an adult, COVID hit. And it's like, okay, cool. We're stuck. And then I did move, (laughs) end up moving to New York, but it's still New York was like shut down because of COVID pretty much. So didn't experience true New York. Now I'm back and it's so much better. And I love New York and not to say I didn't love New York then, but like it's different now. But this past year, it's just like, so powerful to have experienced so many things with friends and starting to build like very like close friendships and serious relationships like with these friends right both like younger older same age like people that i can do like have fun with party with or people that i'm more like intellectual with philosophical with like people i can just sit there and chill with right all these different like people that you can experience different things with have had the opportunity to do that and like that has shown me, right, what like what life really is. And it's really people, right? And that's what matters the most. And I think at that point too, what I've learned is like, I mean, at the end of the day, like anything can happen, but like as long as you have good people around, like anything can happen in your life, anything can happen in their life. As long as you have good people and you're there for good, like as a good friend for others, like that's what counts at the end of the day. I think that's powerful. And it's like, I mean, of course, like there's things that can get in the way, like things in your life, things in their life. Like it's hard and like life is not easy, but like you got to let like fights or arguments or 
anything not get in the way of beautiful friendships and like i mean just pure love you have for each other uh but yeah i i think it's like that's what this year showed me here it's great yeah absolutely it's it's the, the ability to to understand that there's a deeper connection that is, you know, stronger than anything else that might come in between you, you know, right. and, and recognizing that and being with people who are willing to make that commitment to you as well. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes you may you may really enjoy hanging out with someone, but some people are not ready to make commitments like that. And I think recognizing that is something about is, is something that you have to learn through becoming an adult. Right. College yeah. is that time where everyone is down for anything. And even right after college, people are still just trying to figure themselves out. And so a lot of the people around them may be, may be ready to do stuff or ready to explore, but not everyone is really there and willing to sit down with you, have a deep conversation or listen to whatever your, your thoughts or your fears are, right? Having people like that who can really be there for you is unique. And I feel very blessed to have those people in my life and have to have found them, I think, relatively easily compared to how I, I imagine it could have been. Yeah. And yeah. on the topic of COVID, just kind of a little aside, I just wanted to, it's a little bit of a different experience for me because I was, at least I was quarantined here. And so it was with the same people who were everywhere in Miami. And yes, I couldn't go see them as much, but at least they were kind of around. I knew they were here, which gave me a little bit of comfort. But also more than that, I was still working during COVID because I was uh, essential. Right? Were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So exactly. They, they gave us a couple months off of school or uh, not off, but they work from home types of classes. And then they just sent us back into the hospital. They said, don't go into the COVID ward. But other than that, you know, do your normal stuff. And so it gave me much more of a sense of normalcy and routine and, you know, most importantly, social interaction that I think really saved my, my mental health throughout COVID. Like I, I really would not have been the same if I had been working from home and everything. And I, my, as much as people try to go out and respect people who are essential workers, I honestly see it as a, as a benefit and a lucky position for me to be in because it really yeah. helped me to be able to do that. Yeah. And like that, that's the thing, right? Like I didn't have that. I was quarantined at home and it was great being at home. And my grandma was at home in addition to my parents and guru, of course. And that was special because I don't think after college, after high school, going to college, I don't think unless I forced myself to be at home, I would have spent that much time with my family, either even just my immediate family or my parents and, brother or even my grandma, right? Like that was special. And so I wouldn't take those time and years back, but there's a lot of missed opportunities that I reflect on in terms of like, now it's just like, yeah, there's just like so many new experiences I've discovered. I mean, we'll get into this, but I've like discovered more of who I am, right? Kind of the things I want to do. But again, from the social interaction, I just didn't have that. But the thing now is like, this feels like the year, this at least 2022 has felt like the year, right? Where I have started to make the friends that I will keep for the rest of my life. Like that will be in my life for the rest of my life. And this is not just new friends. Like I've made a significant amount of new friends who are like very close to me and they probably listen to this podcast and they know who they are, but also like friends that I've had before who I've just connected with on a deeper level, especially this year that I'm just like, yeah, they're, they're special. And they're like, yeah, it's just like, it's going to be there, which I'm excited about. So yeah, people can be yeah. with you, be the, be there for you and be kind of go through the journey of life with you. Right. Because yeah. it's, at the end of the day, it, you're never alone. Right. I think that's yeah. important to remember that you're never alone and that there is always mm -hmm. a 
society at large that can feel overwhelming, but having a few people there is really what makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think another really important thing that we both thought about and learned about this year was a shifting perspective in how we thought about our own self and taking care of yourself and your health and your body, right? Right. And it may feel, you know, a little bit like a, I'm talking from a podium as a doctor, but I really don't mean it in that sense. I mean more in the sense of how I thought about my own health yeah. and what I'm doing to my body through all the things that I'm doing, right? Yes. For me, at least, we can see what it was like for you too, but for me, at least, I think that during the earlier years, like in high school, through college, mm -hmm. through even part of medical school, which often feels like an extension of college for at least the first couple of years, mm -hmm. it was really not about thinking about what my body is, is, is going through, right? It was more like, I need to accomplish this. I need to do this. I want to be here, see this person, right? That was my number one priority. And whatever my body did, it would get through it. And it would just kind of push itself to that limit and be like, okay, we're doing this today. We're doing it. Yeah, because we were still young. Like, your yeah. body could take anything, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Literally. Like, you know what? Stay up all night after taking a test because you want to chill with your friends? Sure. Why not? Do it, right? Straight up. Study all night long, all night long, Wednesday night, go and then take the test on the morning, right? Sleep during the day, wake up again, go out all night and then yeah. wake up, take another exam, probably Friday and then go out on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, dude, that was chump change for us. Chump change for us back in exactly. the day. Exactly. Exactly. That was, and that was like the baseline, you know? That was the baseline. Okay, yes, we're going to do this. The question was where? What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, the question was what more can we add to this that we still have yes. time for? Yeah. It was never exactly. a can we do less. Exactly. Exactly. It was that culture of always down, right? Instead of yeah. not, not down, it was the always down culture. And now always actually, down. Yeah, now we, we did move a little bit more into that not not down culture as in you're you're thinking about other priorities that are also important to you and you're still yeah. making time for the important things, but you can't necessarily make time for everything, not because of your time, but because of how you know it's going to affect you, right? Okay. Like now when we when we go on a Friday night, we might think about, okay, wait, what is Saturday going to look like for us? Is there something important that I need to do, right? Whereas right. previously it might be like, ah, screw Saturday. I'll figure it out later, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. It, I think it's a different mentality, and and also coming back to health, I think being consistent in what you're eating, what you're doing with your body, how you're feeling, right? It definitely makes a difference. I I think that previously I might have had enough energy if I just drank a coffee in the morning to do whatever I needed to do, mm -hmm. and now I'm like, no, I need to to be really consistent with with my habits, and whether that's food, sleep, you know, anything. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, and I think I think that's so powerful, right? Again, to that point, this year was like that self-discovery for me too, right? And again, very similar parallels. I would say like the health piece has been key, right? And it's like understanding myself. And there's there's pieces around that, like what what do I need to do to like de-stress? What do I need to do to kind of like take a break and things like that from a mental health and mental and emotional health perspective. But I think similarly from like just purely health perspective, yeah, I think I've cut down on like a lot of things that have been impacting my health. But also like what has been powerful for me is this like fitness journey that I started around mid like around mid-July to August. Like I've I think since since 2021 summer, I started like seriously going to the gym again. Right. Mm -hmm. I went to I did CrossFit all of 2019. And then of course COVID hit. 
worked out at home, but like very limited. I mean, it was COVID, couldn't go to the gym and stuff, but started this and then started working out again. And then not consistently in the sense of I just did whatever I wanted to do. But I got a personal trainer starting this past July, who is a close friend of mine from college who lived down the hall for me. His name is Martel. He he was always jacked out of his mind in a good way, like just great, like physique, always like on top of it, always super like healthy in some sense, very fit. Uh, and he just continued that. And right after college, he continued personal training for clients and things. And he was building startups and different things on the side. And he kind of is doubling down on that again. He's going into bodybuilding competitions now. He went to his first one, I think a few months ago, and he won it like, oh. all around every event. He could put in and he got first place, which is honestly absurd for a first timer. Right. But again, good friend. He put me on and he put me on to this virtual training program where he gave me exact workouts to do, exact nutrition and stuff to follow. And I would say the first month, August, started all the fitness stuff, really got in the groove, had to kind of adjust my body to the level of intensity and the level of effort that it took to do that compared to the lack of intensity that I had and lack of effort that I put in before. I did spend a lot of time at the gym, but it wasn't like as structured as in And then I started the nutrition stuff starting September and that just changed. So I started July, I think, around 240 pounds. So I'm 5'11", 240 pounds. And then I got to now, like I recently just went in. This is probably the lowest I've been since I've started. I'm at 208 now, um, which has been incredible. But like in that first kind of August, September, October was a three-month kind of regime that we were a part of. I went from pretty much 240, 240 to about 215 at that point. And now it's like continuing that, doing it, continuing to do it sustainably because we were doing it as sustainably as possible. Continuing sustainably, I think I didn't reduce as much because of the holiday season and stuff like that. And I haven't been able to work out as much. And then I got like some injuries and stuff like that and been a bit sick. But now I'm fully back in the groove of things. And it's just like, that's been so powerful. And like the fitness journey has been great because it's like, one, it's kind of structured me. It's like, I party less, if that makes sense. Like I still party a lot, but I think like I do less while I party. So it doesn't give, leave me hungover the next day. It doesn't leave me like, exhausted the next day i still go to the gym in the mornings right still do that still stay on the diet and like it's structured a lot and by involving like the gym as kind of this like very routine part of my process it's created a lot of discipline which has been great that has seeped into other parts of my life which has also kind of in that sense has been quite amazing there so it's been transformational for me absolutely it really is about doing it sustainably i mean I guess I kind of sometimes see it from the other side, you know, seeing all these patients who who want to be healthier, but people going on these ads or crazes. Obviously, I think most of our viewership is probably familiar that that's probably not the best way to go yeah. through things, right? Yeah. But I think that doing sustainable and consistent changes, right, is really what takes the takes you to the next level, right? Because at at least at this point in your life, in your mid twenties, your body is still very willing to change and adapt to what it needs, right? You have to think of it from an ancient perspective, not ancient perspective as in like, you know, liver king ancient perspective, but ancient perspective as in your body is designed to function in a certain way, right? And so if you are able to to put certain balance food into it and certain balance of constant stress and exercise on each of the parts of your body, including your brain, right? We already are. I I think most people are, are pretty good at putting their brain through that stress, right? They may not be consistently putting their body through that stress when you do something random or inconsistent at the gym. I mean, I I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't have a 
personal trainer or necessarily a, a strict regime of what I'm doing in the gym every day, although yeah. I would like to, but I definitely do think that that is a much better way of doing things and you'll see very good results, right? Not going too fast, right? Especially with things like weight loss and uh, making sure that your body is ready to take each additional step. And, you know, it, it translates into benefits in all other parts of your life. You're going to have more energy, better quality of sleep, more consistent sleep, and you're going to feel better in, in the times that you're off of working out, right? Increasing your metabolism in general allows you to enjoy more food or better tasting foods. If you're having that consistency, then you don't have to worry about all these little things like, oh, can I have this, this slice of lasagna today? Like, yes, it, you can call it a cheat day or you can call it whatever you want, right? But your body's going to be able to handle that. And you're going to be less craving of those types of foods and things if you are consistent in the way that you're, you're living your life in general. Right, right, exactly. And I think that that's part of it. It's like creating, like, I, I talked to Martel about this a lot. And he, he, this is very much his mentality. It's creating sustainable fitness and nutrition and health goals that can sustain beyond just a fad moment. Like the three months, it's like I've been able to sustain that same diet pretty much, mm -hmm. right? Even with traveling, right? It's yeah. very consistent. It's very easy. That's so key. That's, 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 what creates, that's what creates a healthy longevity of your health, right? And I think, I mean, I think a lot about longevity, but it's like really kind of not just living long. It's about living a long life that you're able to do, be actually functional, right? Like I don't want to be... I don't want to live a long life and then for a lot later half of my life not be able to do the things I want to do. That would suck. Yeah. I think it's it's a good goal to have in mind. And I suppose going through this time and figuring out, hey, the rest of your life is ahead of you. And yeah. you are creating the habits now that you're going to keep for the rest of your life, basically. Right. We went through a lot of these transitional times already, right? And we went through a lot of, you know, in not inconsistent, but kind of haphazardly put together times that you just kind of make whatever plan you are going to make and that happens. Mm -hmm. But having that that long-term mentality is I think something that you really need to start consciously thinking about. And at least for me, mm -hmm. it helped to think five years into the future because that, that's how long my residency would be. So it helped right. to think about five in the, in the future, what kind of person am I going to be? Or 10 years in the future, what is my daily routine in my life going to look like, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm not setting myself up for that right now, it's going to be so difficult to get those habits in later on. And so I think yeah. that it's really sober, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Looks yeah. figuratively and literally. <laughs> right. Right. It's like very sobering. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That'll be good, man. I I'm excited for us. This is, this is awesome. And I think like both the things we talked through as reflections, right? The friendships piece, right? And kind of our own emotional and social states, but also kind of this health and fitness journeys that we've been through, this will carry forward. And this is for the rest of our lives. So it's, it's definitely something, but 2022 to that point for both of us, like kicked it off. So like on that note, so now forward looking to the next year, so which is 2023, we're already in it. We're, it's crazy. Can you imagine we're already like 25 days into 2023? It feels like it was just yesterday that it was still 2022, but we're here now. But again, forward looking like what's what's top of mind for you what's going to be what's what's this year look like what are you what are you excited for what are you thinking about yeah it's a beautiful new year it's a number that's that's been on my mind for a long time obviously and yeah. i honestly can't wait for it and it's it's going to be a big year of changes of transitions but it's been a long time coming and i'm ready for it now i really do feel ready for it 
And there's actually a Michael Jordan quote that I thought about when I submitted my applications. And I think it's held true for a long time that being nervous isn't bad. It's just a sign that something important is happening, you know. And it is an important time in my life. I'm going to become a resident. I'm really going to change the way that I think about myself and my role within my community at work. And also, I think it translates a lot to how I think of myself and my community at home, too, that it definitely encourages you to take that that next step and become a leader, become an active learner, right? Become a person who is able to be there and connect with all sorts of unique people on a day-to-day basis. I love that about medicine. I think it's it's the one thing that keeps me coming back to the hospital every day and not burning out is seeing all these super unique people that you can you can connect with in so many different ways that you can help in so many different ways. And they all have something different that they bring to the table. No two days are are ever the same. And honestly, most of the days aren't even similar. It's just really unique. And I, I love that about it. And I think that having that additional responsibility placed upon your shoulders is something that will really help me grow and it'll help me become a more capable person, a more efficient person, and I, I hope a more compassionate person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's incredible because it's like, that's the same way I'm feeling, right? right now and it's like i i hadn't thought about it that way it's like it is a lot of nervousness because what i'm looking forward to and it's like not anything specific but there's just so much uncertainty in the world we live in today and i mean that i mean there's always uncertainty in the world we live in right but i mean specifically with the economic situation specifically with me and my friends and close network working in tech working in professions that are in like tech powered, right? Tech startups, tech companies. There's a lot of uncertainty happening all around us, right? Like layoffs are happening. Like we don't know what's about to happen like to the economy as a whole. It's like, it feels like a recession is pending or looming upon us, right? But the thing that I think about is with all that, there's just so much potential opportunity ahead of us. I'll have to look up the stats and make sure I have this and I'm happy to share it like post this podcast, right? In our Instagram or channel and stuff like that. But there's there's a few stats there where like, if you look at like accelerators, like startup accelerators, and if you look at like different like VCs and stuff like that, if you look at the track record they had of like back in 2008, 2009, which is the last major great recession, they called it, right? That was a breeding ground for new opportunity. And what I mean by that is a lot of today's massive companies, right? like big startups all started around that time or really post that time as a result of the recession, right? For example, like I believe there's this beautiful story about Credit Karma that is like Credit Karma was literally a result of the founder losing his job, not knowing what to do, started Credit Karma and Credit Karma is now like a multi-billion dollar company, right? Like if he hadn't lost his job, if he hadn't gone through the recession, he wouldn't have started Credit Karma. Like all the other companies like Airbnb, I think came out of like right after the recession. And like I work in short-term rentals. Like the the reason my whole startup exists is because Airbnb came out of the last recession, right? So the question is, is what types of things that we're we're doing today will sustain beyond the recession that are recession-proof? What things do we need to shift to make them either recession-proof or take advantage of the recession Mm -hmm. that is looming or whatever the economic uncertainty, whatever we're going to call it as it exists today, and or what new things can we do that are like take like giving opportunity, taking 
advantage of opportunity. And I say this, and I know this is very capitalistic and very business of me to say, but I mean this in the best way possible. Like, I, I, and for a lack of a better term, I say the whole like thing around like, cap, like taking advantage of opportunity, but it's really like the way I see it, in, especially in capitalism, is like you taking advantage of quote unquote of opportunities, you creating value for the world around you and you reaping yeah. the benefits of that, but you're creating something new that didn't exist. And so as a part of that, like, that's part of the risk and reward cycle, right? You're doing something yeah. that doesn't exist and you get a reward for it. But again, so much of uncertainty exists today. And so it's like, the question is, is like, what are we going to do to like really solve for here? Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way to think about it. And honestly, it feels to me almost like a cycle of life. You know, an extinction event happens and it may not be as severe as a full extinction event, but definitely it's a, it's a die off, right? I don't yeah. think you really call it anything else. Yeah. But that is the only way that allows life to come back, evolve, find new niches, find new ways to do the same things better or different, or just in a way that makes people excited, right? right. And it's it's on a different time scale, evolution and and the economy. But right. I think it's the exact same concept that it comes back again and again. I think it's why capitalism has won for you know the last couple hundred years, basically. It's because it embraces this change instead of being yeah. really resistant against it. I think that's right. one of its greatest strengths. And yes, unfortunately, it means that people go through pain, people get hurt. But I think it's the only way to to get through these types of hard times is to embrace that change and to see the opportunities in it. So I'm really glad that you you'd see it that way and that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that's so key and that's so like important, right? Like being able to like evolve and continue to evolve and continue to change and be like be in a place where you are able to see things around you just have this tunnel vision not have these like rose colored glasses where everything is like everything's rosy and okay right you see the reality of the world around you and then you you change and you structure and you're willing to change right change and structure your life around that you're what you're working on the things you're doing so i think i think that's key i think that's key and i think i think at the end of the day like that's easier said than done for sure. But I think that's part of the process of us being in the place that we are, which is like in these, like in like, for my example, like tech and you being in medical profession is like seeing the opportunities exist and trying new things out and seeing what sticks, right? So that's it just awesome. might be a little bit selfish, but it definitely has been a nice moment to see that, you know, a lot of people in medicine look at our friends in tech and we say, wow, this is such a different life. This is a life that we could have had if we just were like pursuing different interests. And it seems so cool to make so much money and to like be able to get out into the workforce early and really be able to live out your 20s in a different way. But it also like there's a lot of discussion online and things like that. And also I've, I've had these discussions in person that, wow, this really gives us the value of being almost recession proof, right? Like maybe yeah. you won't be able to go find that amazing job that you wanted. But you are most likely going to be pretty solid where you are and you're going to be able to be stable in that. And I think there's there is something to be said in that. And changing the industry is something that I want to do, but it doesn't it's it's in a different way. Right. It's more in like yeah. research and bringing different standards of therapy rather than, oh, founding companies and changing innovations in that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. And that's that's the thing that makes this uh, exciting. A lot of uncertainty ahead, but it makes it exciting here. Absolutely, dude. 2023 is going to be great. I honestly have really high hopes for it. 
I think that we finally, as a world, are coming out of the COVID slump. Even if we hit a recession, people are still going to be excited and get out there and do things because they, they have the opportunity to do it now. And I think that energy is not something that's going to go away soon, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with, with the world being, you know, for many reasons, an unstable and a scary place. I yeah. think that, that people who have this, this mindset that we're talking about are going to take advantage of it and in the best way possible. And they're going to get to rise. And so I think yeah. it's really, like you said, easier said than done, but you need to say it to do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. Yeah. Again, not easy, but this is part of the process. This is what makes it exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, with that, guys, we are so happy to be here with you in 2023. Thank you for joining us. It is beautiful to see all of you and the support that we get from you guys. And we're going to put out a lot more episodes this year. Don't worry. We'll have many, many new things to talk about. And we're glad that you're with us for this journey and hope, as always, that you learn something. Absolutely. And I think it's exciting to have kicked off this year in such a awesome way for both of us, right? Like with what we've talked about, having a great time with friends and family, but also just we're excited for this year ahead of us. And we hope you are too. And we know everyone's going through a lot of changes in their lives with a, a lot of different things that are happening. So hopefully everyone keeps their heads high, stay strong. And yeah, we're excited. And as always, if any of you need anything, feel free to reach out to either of us. And of course, excited to keep talking with everyone through our, through our podcast and our future episodes here. And with that, again, thank you. Have an awesome, awesome year and appreciate you guys always giving us a listen and talk to all of you. Soon. Cheers. Cheers. Stay non-dot-down. <laughs>